Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 86 of Sack King's Therapy. I am Owen coming to you without watching the Mavericks game because I was low battery. I mean, I was busy uh, yesterday. Unfortunately, couldn't catch the game, but uh, Fong was able to catch the first half of it. So I'm going to let him take you, kind of walk you guys through the adventures of the Kings versus the Mavs of uh, last night. So, yeah, uh, we booed them out. <laughs> Zero to four this season, I I believe, right? Over three. Over three, but still winning against the Luca man, it's a great achievement, I gotta say. So let's start with the first quarter. First quarter, uh, yeah, Marvin got to start this game, and you know, in my mind, I'm like, oh man, we have Buddy and Marvin out there. I don't I don't know about that defense, but so far, I think uh, throughout the first quarter, we had great ball movement and we prevented you know like in previous uh, Mavs games we prevented Luca from making any good passes and plays and uh, that accumulated a lot of uh, you know Kings points because we tried to uh, our transition defense kind of got better but in a way it, I mean it, it's a work in progress because you know we still need uh, some tweaking about getting back into the other side of the court for that uh, defense but, uh, you know, most of the time we get the weak side defense uh, slacking and, you know, we score. Uh, same with, like, the previous Mavs game. Uh, we really need that help defense in the paint. Uh, and uh, we need to really box out on the rebounds because, uh, man, I don't know how many times Powell was able to, you know, grab the rebound or get the fouls and just he was able to score real easily within the paint uh during this first quarter uh and you know dallas was utilizing you know a lot of fouls early on because you know they, they could hit threes and uh they relied mostly on our weak side defense uh within the paint uh due to you know not hitting anything uh but uh, with our bench coming in, we had really good defense that I liked. Uh, but, you know, sadly, the one guy that could have been the Kings killer this game was Brunson because he shot, I believe, a back-to-back -back three over us, regardless of a pretty good defense with Terrence Davis. Uh, but we bounced back with a buddy who is a mismatch over Melly and just somehow shoots threes over him. I'm going to cut you off just real quick there. You say Brunson hit back-to-back -back threes. We'll get into their three-point shooting, but no one on the maps hit more than one three. Just crazy to me. Let's see. Maybe I'm mistaken with uh, another guy hitting a three. But, yeah, during the first quarter, uh, they, were, they weren't really, you know, great within the perimeter, but... Those uh, key three points really accumulated or kept up the lead for them. Yeah, from from the highlights, like Brunson was lighting us up. Like he really got, you know, he easily got to his spot and just popped for the mid range and got a few layups. He was he's good, and you know he's actually I think third and sixth man of the year voting I think on a, on some polls that I saw. So yeah, I mean you you can tell like he is good. Like Jalen Brunson is probably like one of the only bright spots on the mask for this game. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Moving on to the second. 
uh, Jemais Ramsey and Justin James checks in. And sadly, Jemais didn't really play much. I believe he only played, what, three minutes? Uh, yes, it says three minutes on, here on ESPN. And yeah, th- not much pro- uh, productivity, but at least he got one steal, which I guess. And he got the LiAngelo ball stat line. <laughs> yeah. Nothing except for a steal, although he did have one personal foul. But it's nice to see Jemias, like, you know, yeah. see him get some run out there. You know, just feel what it's like against real pros. And uh, yeah, let's see. So pretty much this quarter was the start of uh, the Luca guy arguing a lot. So Luca gets a tech. Uh, I forgot for what reason. His first tech, by the way, of the game. Uh, Rashawn shoots this tech, misses the tech, and then the ref tells uh, Mar- or Rashawn Holmes uh, to uh, redo the tech because the Mavs walked within the three-point line, which was, uh, I guess, a violation or some sorts. And uh, Rashawn had to redo that technical shot, misses it. Then Rick Carlisle gets a tech because he was arguing about like w- the Mavs, you know, walking inside the three-point line and whatnot. So he, Rick Carlisle gets a tech. Rashawn shoots the second tech, but at least he makes this one. But I, I was wondering, uh, you know, why why are we having Rashawn shoot it when uh, we might have a, a slightly better shooter shooting uh text that game the only other guy i can think of is buddy because mm-hmm. it's that it's that halliburton and yeah rashawn's probably like the second or third best free throw shooter i think he's like just under 80 percent, which is really good for the big man so mm-hmm. i mean it makes sense yeah i mean throughout this whole quarter second quarter we had really really low free throw and field goal percentages uh this whole quarter i got i remember looking at a stat saying we had 26 27 percent field goals by that i think midway point of the second quarter and the Mavs maintained a 56 percent which yeah they they were trying to bounce back real hard with uh what we had in store yeah like judging from those stats you would think the Mavs would actually win this game um but no they i mean like again their three-point shooting like just looking at the raw stat was fucking terrible six for 35 uh anything else you want to talk about in the second quarter uh i'm gonna uh, breeze through the second quarter so a lot of bs fouls uh against luca i gotta say a lot of like I would say a lot of no calls that should have uh, been called. Uh, same with Powell. Uh, there, there should have been some no calls, but, you know, the refs gave it to him. But uh, this quarter was the start of, uh, let's say, uh, Marvin Bagley really bouncing back with his offense, with his uh, like nice spin cycle to the rim. And, uh, you know, his second uh, jump is really nice because he missed a layup and, he, you know, he just bounces right back up and makes a put that dunk. Uh, he has a pretty good driving game, and you know, he's using the, his right hand this time because you know his left hand's still a little sore from his injury. So he's uh, trying to uh, use uh, utilize his right hand more, and it's kind of interesting to see. And uh, other than that, you know, did you see that uh, buddy elbow? Oh, was it in the second quarter? I thought it was in the third quarter. But yeah, like the. The one he drew on Powell, like it looked, it looked kind of bad in real time, but then you slow it down and, like Powell ba- basically 
barely touches him, and he just goes down, and he acts like he's, like, hurt and stuff, and Paolo is literally just standing there. Are you serious? You, you really go, you're really going to be that fake? But, yeah, the, drew two free throws, and honestly, it was kind of funny. Like, Doug Christie and Kyle Draper were laughing up a storm up in the podium, and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he should have won that Oscar. <laughs> like, seriously, it was it was that bad. It was, like, freaking uh, Neymar bad, I gotta say. That's pretty much for um, the second quarter. What do you have in store for third and fourth? Well, I didn't watch the game, so I'm oh. just, I had to rely on the, the highlights and what I could scour from Twitter. So, you know, I'm not going to talk about the quarters in general. I'm just going to talk about what I saw from the entire game. Uh, Mavs just don't shoot well against the Kings for some reason. It's really odd. Um, they shot six for 35 from three for, what was it, 18, 17%? Yeah, 17% from three. And in a game where they had 31 free throws, they made 25, which is pretty good. And the Kings only had 16 and only made 10. For the Kings win by double digits. That is horrid three-point shooting. And as I mentioned earlier, no one on the King or no one on the Mavs made more than one three. Luka, one for seven. Kleba, uh, one for seven. Jalen Brunson, one for three. Um, Trey Burke, one for two. It was a horrific shooting um, line from everyone on the Mavs. And, yeah, they just couldn't capitalize. I, the, the, the lead did get, like, real tight towards the fourth quarter, I noticed. I think it was, we were only up five at one point. And mm-hmm. if I'm if this this game was anything similar to the game like in Dallas like earlier than year earlier in the year, like they had moments to get back in the game and they just could not make shots. Um, yeah, Kings Kings had foul trouble early on with Harkless and Holmes leading um uh, Justin James and Damian Jones to come in and try and pick up the slack. And pick up the slack for the most part. I can't tell from the highlights because they're the highlights. They only show you when, um, you know, the other team or, you know, the Kings make a shot. But Justin James looked like he got lit up by Luka. Was that was that was that a real thing? Uh, I mean, other than, you know, the BS fouls that I thought should have been called. Yeah, he Luka tried his best, you know, making those mid ranges. Uh, like you said, he the Mavs missed a lot of three-point opportunities, so that kind of accumulated in their loss. But you know, if it if it weren't for Luca trying to you know fight his way back with all those mid ranges and somehow making them with good defense, I mean, yeah, we would have lost, I'd say. Yeah, like I, I swear, it looked like he drew. I, I forgot the number, but it felt it looked like there were three and ones just on Justin James. Like it, mm-hmm. you know, poor Justin James throwing him out there against one of the best, like you know, lead lead guards forwards, like point forwards in the league. Like yeah, I mean, you just throw him out to the wolves, and he he did he did what he could. Damian Jones doing what Damian Jones does, tries to end someone's life every single time he try, every single time he gets the ball anywhere near the rim. Um, Buddy bounced back after a 1-for-11 win, or like a 1-for-11 shooting night against the Lakers. Uh, There was an Instagram comment, basically someone saying he played like trash on the Lakers, and he responded back to them, well, I'm still getting checks. 
So you can go fuck yourself. Um, something along those lines. But he did bounce back. He shot six for ten from three, nine for nineteen overall. Not the greatest, like you know, efficiency, but they needed it from Buddy. And like there were multiple like shots, what I call them, Buddy shots. Like there was one on Kleba in the first quarter that like basically he just retreated to the three point line and then just launched up and it just went in. And I'm like, you know what? That's a buddy shot. Sometimes that goes in, sometimes it doesn't. And tonight was a night where it just went in. And then he had like a 30 footer, like um towards the towards like the third quarter. And then of course the the game icing three right over Trey Burke who didn't get a hand up. And mm-hmm. he just nailed it to basically end the game. So this was a good buddy game. And yeah, uh, that I guess he just had a really good bounce back game. You spoke a little bit about Marvin. Marvin was amazing. He was all over the highlights in the second and third quarter. Like at this is one of those weird games where the Kings were too big. Like they didn't <laughs> like they had Marvin. Marvin was out there like you know driving like a guard. And then, like, you know, po- you know, kind of like a quick post-up where he catches the ball and then just attacks right away. And Kleba and Powell had, didn't know what to do. He was, he was just being a beast at this game. And, like, in, in the same manner as kind of Buddy, like, Buddy was making Buddy shots, he was kind of making some Marvin shots, you know, kind of that, you know, face-up kind of floater game that, like, hasn't really worked this season. But in this game, like, he got floaters, he got tip dunks, he got layups. Yeah, he was everywhere, and it wasn't like he was just ISOing all the time. At least not from what I saw. Like there were, you know, multiple multiple post ups where he attacked right away, didn't didn't you know like jab step or anything. And then th- there were moments where he there was one possession. I think Delon right passed it to him in the mid post, and he just rose up and hit the three a lot like a Chris Bosh back in the day. Yeah, he just he just had a great game. And then the final guy I want to shout out Delon Wright. Delon Wright basically closed him out with like a, a number of layups, a few and like an and one, and on the final layup with uh, I think a like under a minute to go, he lays it in over I think it was Kleba and waves goodbye to them. It just kind of basically <laughs> kind of t- you know the the cherry the cherry on top for what has been a sh- very shitty game for the da- for Dallas and a great win uh, for the Kings and. Yeah, uh, and you mentioned Luca and Carlisle got ejected at the end of the game. Uh, it was it wasn't really clear what happened. Basically, they were coming out of timeout, and Luca somehow picked up a technical. I did see a clip on Twitter where someone posted like right at right before they called the timeout, Luca essentially tossed the ball to the other side of the court, kind of in anger. And mm-hmm. some people are saying like that's probably what sparked it. But then I read a little bit more into the tweets, and I looked up Jason Jones, and Jason Jones mentioned that Luca probably should have gotten five technicals this game. Like apparently he was complaining so much as as you said. Like complain, complain, complain. Like Zach Lowe has even talked about this. He is a whiner. And you know, this this kind of stuff, like yeah, in in a vacuum, sure, like tossing the ball to the other side of the court may not warrant a technical foul. But when you've been all up in the ref's business about not calling your fouls, after a while, it gets pretty tiresome, and guess what? They just want you to fuck off, like just stop complaining and play the damn game. And that, and I, that's what I see this situation as. And it doesn't help, like you know, the entire Mavs organization, rightfully so, kind of babies to him, kind of you know, really coddles him like a little baby. So that's just how it is. And yeah, he got ejected. Carlisle got ejected, 
And uh, yeah, Kings sweep the Mavs for the season 3-0 and have really kind of fucked up the standings a little bit in, in turn because they also swept Denver as well. So like, although they're kind of entrenched in the third seed or fourth third or fourth seed i don't remember but mm. yeah like us beating the lakers the the game before like that has kind of fucked up their standings they're now in the seventh seed and they have a game against denver tonight and i will check the score in just a bit but yeah uh it is a mess uh the, the playoff standing the maps are now tied with portland and lakers although they do he, they do have the tiebreaker so like they're actually the fifth seed right now but they are dangerously close. Like, one loss could put them in the play-in. And the Lakers right now are in the play-in. <laughs> or They're the sixth seed, I think. I think Portland's in the play-in. Yeah, it's really a loss. Flipping around just uh, after this one game. Like, yesterday, yeah, with the Lakers' loss, they, you said they were seventh, correct? So no, they're, they're, no, they're currently six. And yeah, yeah, that last night they lost against, uh, I forgot who, but yeah, that, that loss really kind of capped off what has been a shitty week for the Lakers. So Portland just lost today as well. So they're maintaining seventh for now. And currently the Lakers game still going on with a 42-45 score, Lakers leading. Uh, so we'll... We'll see. We'll see how the standings go now after uh, today because yeah, it's, it's been uh, up and down. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is what I've wanted to see from the Kings. They this is without Fox, and we'll we'll get to him Halliburton as well. Like they are fucking up the standings. Like they're they're actually kind of playing with a little bit more pride. And, of course, the Mavs just seem to not match up well against the Kings. It's one of the weirdest things that's hard to explain. But, again, I think that, I, of course, I didn't see the game, so I couldn't tell from a lot of the possessions. But it just seems like the Kings' defense, when they can key in on a guy like Luka, tend to do better because everyone has a more simplified role. You Like, basically, you know, crowd the paint, don't let Luka go off is basically the memo and yeah they execute that plan to near perfection and yeah they won this game uh unfortunately in the third quarter Halliburton basically is is kind of bring the ball up does a behind the back move and he steps on uh I forgot whose foot but he steps on someone's foot and kind of loses balance and lands kind of like plants his left leg like really weirdly Essentially, and then his knee kind of hyperextends, and yeah, currently we don't. What was the news actually about the about the knee? So uh, the MRI, which happened today, said it's just a knee injury. Uh, they didn't describe like the severity uh, from the sources I've read. So he'll be gone for the OKC game, but as like I said, we we don't know the severity of it, but most likely. In my opinion, I, I think he should be done for the rest of the season. I don't think he'll be done for the rest of the season. I think he will come back before the end. But, yeah, I mean, if it's anything, like, remotely severe, just sit him out. Like, there's mm. no, not much to play for anymore. Like, you know, you've, you've, made your, you've made your point this year. Like, you're top, you're basically, I believe, second in rookie of the year. And yeah, you have a bright future ahead of you. Don't do anything stupid and try to come back early from this kind of injury. Like knee injuries are always scary, and hopefully it's nothing bad. But 
Um, yeah, so, you know, hopefully it's nothing serious. And Kings, unfortunately, do have a very bad history of reporting uh, injuries. Like, you know, Jason Jones always makes the joke. They're, like, a, a lot of people are always sore on the team for some reason. So, mm. yeah, hopefully Hall- Halliburton's okay. And, you know, you know we'll just... We'll just see what this Kings team can do, you know, like hopefully they can kind of kind of keep trucking on and like, you know, like him, Halliburton being out maybe opens more minutes for Jemais and Kyle Guy. Like, you know, Kings fans have been clamoring for them. You know, you're going to get what you're going to get. So don't complain. Um, Anyway, so I did tell you to not look uh, at my notes when we first started doing the podcast. I I want you to take a few guesses. Okay, so. Okay. Basically, I did, I did a, you know, because I was not able to watch this game, I decided to do a little extra just research on how the Mavs play against the Kings. So I want to, I want to first start with a little bit of a pop quiz. I'm gonna, so Luca, of course, is you know one of the best players in the league, and he torches just about every single team. Like right before this game, like I think he got a 30, 20, and 10 against uh, some team. Let me check real quick. So yes, before this he absolutely lit up Washington, you know, you know, top 10 defense I guess, but you know, but like he I think he got a 30, 20 and 10 game against them. And this game he ended up going let's see. He ended up shooting um well, he ended up having 30.6 assists and 6 rebounds. Although historically, he has actually not shot very well against the Kings. Particularly from three. You want to take a guess at what the three-point percentage is? Mm, the three-point percentage against the Kings? Against the Kings. Ooh. After today's, uh, or sorry, yesterday's loss. Hmm. I'll I'll let you know. It doesn't really affect the overall total much. I would say maybe twenty-eight percent ish. You're actually very, very close. Uh, so he is, he is actually shooting 28% against the Kings from three this year. Oh. Overall, he shoots 23% from three against the Kings, which actually shocked me because it feels like he hits a lot of those step-back threes on us, but apparently he doesn't. Huh, that's interesting. So in total, 23%? Like 23%. in all the games in that all the played games. against him. Yeah, that includes last year and the year before. Man, what the heck? And, and he, he shoots 48, 48% overall against the Kings, which, you know, that that's kind of where his game is. Well, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's not too good, I gotta say. <laughs> I mean, he usually shoots a pretty high percent in threes uh, if it weren't the Kings, I gotta say. Well, not really, I feel. Well, his threes are usually the step-back three variety, and that shot... Like, if it goes in, it goes in. If it doesn't, like, it's... Luka is the one that decides whether it goes in or not. Like, there's only so much defense you can really play. And, like, honestly, not an efficient shot. I know James Harden made it very popular. Oh, the step-back three is so beautiful. It's unblockable. It's an unstoppable shot. Well, guess what? He shoots, like, 33% with it. So he definitely, like, you know, you don't really need to guard him that much. But, you know, the step-back threes are tough. And... Yeah, you're never really going to shoot a great percentage of, off of it. And, yeah, he doesn't get spot-up threes much. So, yeah, it kind of makes sense to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. I see. 
Okay. Uh, next question, another percentage-wise question. So Mavs as a whole don't actually shoot very well from three. Last night, as as I mentioned, shot 17% from three, six for 35. What do you think they shot against us for the entire year, percentage-wise? This year. This year. Okay. After yesterday's game, it, I gotta say around 30%. So it's actually even worse. They shoot 27% from three against the Kings this year. Ah. <laughs> and this is, and I, this actually made me dive deeper into a rabbit hole. So they, so they actually shot 34% from three last year. And one of the big changes this year was that they traded Seth Curry for Josh Richardson. And <laughs> one of the, and. One of the reasons I feel is because Josh really doesn't shoot well from three. He's just not that kind of player. And I'm okay. I'll, I'll give you what he what he shot this year. He shot 22% against the Kings this year. You want to take a guess at what Seth Curry shot against the Kings last year? Oh, oh okay. Uh, I would say the probably 40s. I let me say 45%. Yeah, okay, you're gonna want to go a little higher. I'll give you another chance. Oh, okay. 53. Now, 66. To, ah. be fair, to be fair, not on a lot of attempts. There's, there was only 12 threes. 12, he only shot 12 threes against the Kings in four games and only made eight. Although he, although he only played three games against the Kings, so that's why. But yes, that is what. Now that's not the sole reason why they shoot worse this year. That some of it is like a lot of Tim Hardaway Jr. not making shots. I feel, and you know he's just been off this year. But like Seth Cur- trading Seth Curry for Josh Richardson really kind of stunk up their offense a little bit. And yeah, their and their defense hasn't been any better. So like they've really kind of not a great trade. Um, overall, but we'll see in the playoffs. Well, you know, I say this now and wait for me to get burned when the playoffs start. But yeah, I, I, I that that kind of led me down a rabbit hole. But it does amaze me how horrifically they shoot from th- the map shooting from three against the Kings. Uh, did I mention last year they shot 34% against us? 34% from three overall uh, against the Kings and you know not a huge percentage change but that is somewhat significant and one of the reasons why we went three and one against them last year or one and three against them last year and this year three and oh so yeah it's uh I I, I just got went down a rabbit hole and uh yeah I just thought that was interesting so you're saying all because of Seth Curry huh well, that, I I set the caveat if you were listening, but that's <laughs> the caveat. That's not the only reason. Uh, I think a lot of it is just they're not making shots this year, and Luca has not been great from three this year, and it's, something just feels a little off with them. And it is what it is. Like some, you know, some sometimes like some years you just shoot better, and sometimes you don't. And I think you know a guy like Tim Hardaway again, like just hot. He runs hot and cold. I see. Uh, last thing I want to quickly talk about is uh, I did read a report from Joe Varden is that um, players on the Cavs are very unhappy with Colin Sexton. And Colin Sexton, apparently the, the reason why they don't like him is because he is very bad at passing to his teammates despite being a point guard. And, uh, yeah, it's gotten to the point where, like, basically, like, there's a bit of concern with it, his long-term future with the Cavs. And I do not believe they extended him. So, Ooh. 
I'm just gonna put this out there. I'm gonna I'm I don't know I don't know what we would trade to them. Like like my mind's eye would just say maybe trade Marvin for him one for one. Although that might not be the fairest of trades. But you know I would love Colin Sexton on the Kings. Just saying. I would like him too, but eh, if we're gonna have to trade. Let's see. You said he they didn't extend him. I don't believe so. I don't think. Um, I don't believe so. I don't remember reading anything about it, but let me just check real quick. Because if that's the case, yeah, uh, maybe Marvin and. Hmm. Okay, I lied. He did sign an extension. No, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, then I, I I can't think of any trades. For... I am sorry, I cannot read. Uh, no, they did not sign him to an extension. No, sorry, they did not sign him to one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in in that case, then yeah, I don't I don't know any trade for Colin Sexton. Uh, what what is he getting paid? Uh, in the Cavs right now. Currently, he is getting paid. Well, next year he'll be paid six million dollars. It's basically his rookie six scale contract, and then after that. Like it gets a little tricky because then you talk about qualifying offers and uh, you know, extension talk, so that's where things get tricky. But you know, I think he's an interesting player. Like as a sec- as kind of like, well, he ha- he would have to come off the bench. Like that's the issue over there in Cavs land right now. Like Darius Garland isn't, you know, he's he's been really good lately, but he's not good enough to just straight up like demote. Oh, I don't even call. I don't even call like see it as a demotion but like you know nba players are how they are they see moving to the bench as a demotion and right now that he's darius garland is not good enough to the point where you're just telling colin sexton come off the bench because starting two like two guards who are under six three like is not a recipe for success for the most part mm-hmm. but yeah I, it's a situation i will you know keep an eye on and yeah, like I think he would help a lot if he is willing to be able to kind of uh, you know accept that role, and you know we'd be happy to take him on. Yep, if that's the case, uh, yeah, I still don't know what to trade for him <laughs> at this point. Plus, I don't, I don't know. Do we even have the cap space with uh, what we have right now? Oh, it's not about cap space. We have to swap a contract. That that's the that we have to trade for him. Um. Yeah, he's not becoming a free agent anytime soon, so it's not the greatest idea to look for that. Mm-hmm. Um, last thing I do want to bring up, so LeBron did talk about, um, he basically had his co- his comments about the play-in game, and it is a very realistic possibility that the Lakers might be in the play-in game because they'll end up in the seventh or not the eighth seed, but they'll be they might end up in the seventh seed. And he basically says whoever came up with the idea of the play play-in tournament. Is needs to be fired. Ooh. Um, I guess like you know, what do you what do you think of the possibility? I guess of the king, the kings, the uh, Lakers being in the playing game, and is it is it a bad idea? Do you think? For the Lakers to be in the playing game? Uh, no, the playing game in general. I mean, for you know teams like us, there's a, actually a legit chance of us, you know making the playoffs which uh i'm all in for but i guess you know if you are in the top uh was it top eight i or you know the between the six to eight seed 
I, I guess I kind of understand why it may be a problematic thing uh, for those teams. But, you know, for teams like us as the Kings, at least we get a chance <laughs> to become the eighth seed or the seventh seed. So uh, for me personally, I'm I'm in for it. <laughs> I mean, I like this is the kind of discussion that I see online a lot is that it's made the regular season a lot more interesting and no and a lot of teams like especially like, you know, us during the trade deadline, we thought we had a chance for the play in Mm -hmm. and like it kind of made us like not completely throw in the towel and like tank and make the basketball unwatchable. So like overall, I think it's made the regular season a, a little bit more interesting. And, you know, the idea that. Like, you know, a top, you know, a Laker team that's, you know, top six right now, like they actually have to try down the stretch. I'm not the I'm not the angriest at that. I under yeah, I'm I'm the same boat as you. I understand why they're a little pissed about it because they don't wanna like because they've worked very hard throughout the season to get, you know, to the point where they are. And then to all of a sudden like just loot get be out of the playoffs uh, like after two games can feel a little bullshit. But you're LeBron James. <laughs> like honestly, like if you're if you are as good as you think you are, you should be able to handle whoever the hell the eighth seed is. No. Mm-hmm. My opinion. Well, yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm. It'll be interesting if uh, one of the play-in uh, uh, teams actually, you know, stump the six, seven, eighth seed. I mean, I think there's a I, well, I, like the Warriors are the ten seed right now. Like mm-hmm. that would be very interesting if they end up facing, I think the te- what would be the seven seed. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I forgot how that works, but like imagine if like you get Warriors versus Lakers in the in the playing <laughs> tournament, and then you know knock on wood somehow they beat the Lakers. Like that is a horrific upset and might actually like hurt LeBron's legacy, even though I think it's completely cemented now. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's pretty cemented, so it doesn't hurt for you know, uh, uh you know, just a Curry team <laughs> making it into the playoffs. I mean, you know, Skip Bayless would say otherwise, but you no. know, but you know what I mean. Like, um, yeah, again, I think it's made the regular, the end of the regular season, especially like interesting. We're in May, like, and we're still somehow talking about seeding. Like, that's how, like, just that's how that's how much like interest there is, at least amongst us, for the most part. Mm-hmm. And I think it's overall good for the league. And yeah, Lakers, if you guys are as good as you, like, you guys have fucking LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You guys should not be whining about having to play a play in. You know, marvel at the opportunity. You know, marvel at you know, marvel at the privilege of being able to play more basketball games. I know you guys are a bit banged up, but like, you know, just treat it as a tune-up game before the playoffs actually start. Like, who do you end up facing? I think you guys end up facing whoever the first seed is. You guys will be the seventh seed, so you guys will actually face either Phoenix or Utah. You know what? Whoop Utah's ass. Whoop Phoenix is at. Show them who's boss. Like it does not seeding does not matter for you when you are probably the best team in the league anyways. Mm-hmm. What the hell are you complaining about? I just thought, I just thought it was a little confusing. I mean, shoot, that Miami Heat uh, last uh, season was like a really big upset for the East, and you know they made it to the finals, and they were what? Were they the eighth seed? They were the fifth seed. Oh, fifth seed. Still, yeah, nice, nice try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. 
<laughs> I haven't seen an eighth seed make it to the finals in a long time. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, upsets do happen, and uh, you know, the Lakers still had that big chance to, you know, go back to the finals. It's funny that you speak of Miami and Milwaukee. The playoffs started today. They will be. They will play in the first round. Ooh. Milwaukee's the third seed. Miami's the sixth seed. Although I have heard they've been free falling of uh, Miami lately because of just injuries and they just can't get consistent play. But like ima- imagine that upset. I I don't think they'll upset them again. But like just that that's a lot of fireworks. And let's just say like Miami drops to the eighth seed and like let's just say they make it into the playoffs. They play the Sixers. That's that's a juicy matchup. Jimmy Butler against Jimmy Butler against you know, um, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, like, mm-hmm. like you know, he, I, it's it's a it's a fun it's a fun storyline because he left the Sixers because he didn't want to deal with you know those two or the reports primarily where he didn't want to deal with Simmons because he thought like these guys didn't want to win. Imagine the fireworks if the Miami was able to upset the 76ers. That they are blowing up that duel right away. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, it's more of a I told you so, more kind of game. You know, to bring it back to like you know the Kings, like what I'm seeing the Kings' future. We're not going anywhere unless we you know get a high pick and draft a transcendent star in the draft, or we're getting another star via trade, most likely because they're probably not coming in free agency. Mm-hmm. Like. I am wait. I am really waiting to see for the playoffs to start to see who flames out. So, like, you know, for example, I don't know what kind of package we would give to Philadelphia, but like, you know, let's just say the like Sixers like flame out in the first round somehow again. And Simmons has got to be on the market at that point. And you know, I, I if I was Monty McNair, I would get into that sweepstakes. That'd be pretty interesting. Hmm. I was expecting a little bit bigger reaction, but that's okay. Like that's most likely not going to happen anyway. So, you know, like that, that's just a pipe dream I have, like, but it's, it's an idea to think about because I think the Kings need another star to play alongside Halliburton and uh, Fox just to make the playoffs nowadays, because the talent level is just so high. You need, I think we, I think like, you know, another star just to support Fox and be that kind of foundational piece, like to kind of prop up the Kings, uh, like kind of, you know, be that leader for the team. Like the Kings desperately need that type of star. And, you know, I'm waiting to see what happens after this playoffs. I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but that's what I'm looking for or to this off season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we'll see. I wonder. Right, I remember, uh, was it? Wait, uh, trade. Well, not like a. How would you say it? A pseudo trade. Mm. Uh, uh, trade I, machine trade. Yeah, something like that. Like Buddy and Marvin for Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that that's uh that's the definition of a trade machine trade. Like because sure that'd be good for the Kings. Why in the flying fuck would the 76ers do this? I don't know. <laughs> Especially with their GM, they, they're they not incompetent. <laughs> exactly. 
So like, yeah, tell tell whoever gave that idea to you know get real, basically. I'm not I'm not gonna tell that guy to fuck off, but like, get real because that that's the issue with like you know tra train machine. Like, sure the salaries match up, but you gotta get into the actual per like reality based like reasons why you would make that trade if you were the Sixers. Yeah, so. I would. We would have to throw in probably what. I would say at we would at least two picks. At least two picks. Or that we we might have to even throw in Tyrese if that's the case, which I I don't. Think then you can should. really fuck off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we gone off in enough of a tangent. Uh, Fong seems to be out of ideas, and he seems to be getting very tired. So uh, we're gonna call it off here, and uh, yeah. Uh, we will be coming back uh, to you guys after, I believe, the Jazz game, right? Jazz game? I thought, we were, jazz? The, I thought we were playing the OKC tomorrow. We're playing OKC. My bad. So we'll be coming to you guys after the OKC game, and we will see if, you know, I mean, OKC is trying to lose games. We'll see. We'll see what happens in this game. So, yeah, OKC will be Tuesday uh, at 5 p.m. Pacific. So... Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow then, huh? Hopefully. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that works out. Actually, let me check it. Is it back-to-back? -back? Oh, it is a back-to-back. -back. Yeah, Indiana the next day. Yeah, also 5 p.m. Pacific. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see you guys later.